And we're live. How's everyone doing tonight? Tonight, today, this morning, wherever in the world you are. We have a 20 questions. That means uh, I'll be leaving you in a few moments, and it's just going to be our two awesome guests, Izzy Diab and Grace. Today, they're going to discuss primarily the rate of return, but I'm sure we'll get into some other topics, uh, perhaps some solutions moving forward or what's necessary for the reconciliation process. They'll try to also take some audience questions, so chat, feel free to ask. Of course, they'll be prioritizing Super Chats, but we'll make an effort to get to all questions. Before we get started, a quick shout out to our Patreon Visionary members. We have Trivium Energy, PTY LTD, SMG Cannabis, Max Marine, Geffen Posner, Adam Becker, and Maya, and our one and only champion member, Rajya. And Rajya, I see you're here in the comments. Good to see you here with us, Rajya. Um, so that's it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you too. Um, I'll be I'll be watching for sure. But uh, enjoy. If you need me, just uh, give a shout. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hi everyone. I'm just gonna first introduce myself. I've been uh, in a few podcasts now, right now, and probably some of you already. I know who I am. My name is Izzy Diab. I'm a a Palestinian refugee by birth. Uh, I was born and raised in Jordan, but both of my parents came uh, from Palestine. Um, uh, My father is from Haifa. He left in 1948 and then again from Tulkarim in 1967 to Jordan. And my mom is from Yaffa and she left in 1948 to Nablus and then again in 1967 to Jordan. Um, and I'll be to- talking to Grace and trying to address uh, her questions uh, with as much knowledge as I have as a, a refugee uh, about the right of return. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's my first time here. So thank you, Adar, and thank you, Izzy, for taking the time to talk to me. Um, my name is Grace, or Hen. Um, I, I live in London now, uh, hence the more um, English style name, but I'm, my name is Chen. I am Israeli. I grew up in Natania, so born and raised in Natania. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't really have uh, any formal kind of education about Middle Eastern politics or anything like that, um, except for just living it. Um, generally speaking, I... Um, I I grew up most of my life being very much apolitical and not paying attention to anything, you know, other than the the stuff that was going on literally in my face. Um, But I didn't, I didn't really feel the need to uh, address any politics. I kind of avoided it as much as possible. And then um, I happened to be in Israel uh, last month with the recent um, Gaza-Israel interaction And, um, yeah, it kind of opened my mind to many, many things because um, I was there, you know, on the ground, but also on social media. Most of my friends are um, of the West, so London friends or American friends. And I was able to kind of see, um, well, both kind of both sides of the situation. So um, kind of how the world sees us and how we're feeling and what's happening on both sides. And it kind of opened my mind up to maybe it's time to actually like engage and interact with the thing that's going on in my home country, even though I'm not living there at the moment. Um, yeah. 
So uh, I don't know. You want to start with the questions? Sure. Um, so let's let's actually start with what you just said because you said so you're a refugee by birth. Yes. Can you explain that term to me, please? So um, for Palestinian refugees uh, from 1948 and 1967, um, they can pass the refugee status through men only, through the male, to their uh, descendants. So I get the register. I get registered registered as a refugee with UNRWA because my father is a refugee, and um, the reason the reasoning behind that is. At the time, in 1948 specifically, 750,000 Palestinians were expelled from from their home, their home at that time, and um, the conflict kept going on. And there was a uh, a vision that it's not gonna get sorted in time for those 750,000 refugees to um, return or or have the compensation or whatever. So. Um, Palestinians are allowed to pass this uh, right of return in order to, or sorry, the refugee status in order to preserve the right of those who pass away in diaspora, um, the right of return or compensation. So that's the explanation for why am I a Palestinian refugee by birth? And and it passes. It would it would pass um, for the next generation as well, right? So it doesn't through have it doesn't have a limit of generations. Only through men. I cannot pass it to my children right. unless I marry someone who's a, who's uh, a refugee. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I find that I find that interesting because it's unique. I think I think obviously like it has to do with the right of return, which is why I'm asking. Yeah, um, I mean it, it is unique, and it is unique in the sense of the international community and the international law. But when we talk about Israel as a land. It started for the descendants of the people who lived in the land two thousand years ago. So mm-hmm. it's it's similar, but it's not acknowledged as a refugee status. It's not internationally acknowledged um, in the same sense that it is for for Palestinians. Um, but if again, if if you look at the establishment of the state of Israel, it was established for the descendants of those that lived in the land two thousand uh, years ago. So you know. We people talk about why Palestinians get that uh, special treatment. Well, for one, is the reason that I told you that now of the seven hundred and fifty thousand people that lost their homes in nineteen forty-eight, only fifty thousand are left. So, do the deceased lose their rights to compensation or the right of the return? That's an ethical question to ask. And the other thing is. You know, when you when you think about the state of Israel, it's applying that right of return to the Jewish population of the world, mm-hmm. um, who became Jew, Jewish in diaspora through their through their grandparents and their grand great grandparents and their great great grandparents. So the you know the analogy is there. Uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah, <clears throat> I see what you mean. I think. Yeah. Sorry, I'm processing. No, <laughs> um Yeah, I I understand the the equivalence. I just in a way they won't I don't think at this point um Israel like Jews in the diaspora, in the diaspora they don't count as refugees. 
No, no, they don't count. This is what I'm saying. They don't internationally, in terms of international law, they're not um, dealt with as refugees, for sure. Yeah. But the right of return, which is Aliyah, uh, I yeah. think the name is Aliyah, is granted mm-hmm. to descendants of, of the Jews who lived in the land 2,000 years ago. So they're, like when, when someone complains about why should I, as someone who's not born in, in Palestine, have that right, it's there's a bit of a uh, no offense there's a bit of a hypocrisy there i mean um i think i think the difference is i understand what you're saying i think the difference is that that israel is its own sovereign state mm-hmm. and so i i think you know if and i really hope that there will be a palestinian state mm-hmm. um in uh in the west bank at some point and and they they would have the 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 same right to to uh, determine that you know Palestinian Palestinians can come and others cannot. Do you know what I mean? Um, you you broke off a little bit my internet connection sort of. Oh, uh, sorry. So I'm saying that. So if 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 and when we get to the point where where Palestinians have their own um, state, then they can they can decide by their own laws that yeah. they that you know anyone who's a palestinian refugee how may, however many generations down can come um can come and be a citizen but israel is a sovereign country with a different population if you know what i mean yeah i see but that presents the problem of people who lived in like like my parents they they were born my father was born and raised in haifa uh, and my yeah. mom was born in yaffa um, and I think, yeah, sorry, no, finish, please. No, and their their grandparents and their great grandparents and their great great grandparents lived in those areas. So if we're talking about a Palestinian state, which you know um, is is on a different piece of land, that's that's fine. If we're talking about the two state solution, which I personally think right now is impossible to happen with everything that is happening. But if we talk about this, what about the those that were expelled from? Uh, you know, uh, cities like Haifa and Yaffa, they have that right to return. And the thing is, people are are saying, um, why, like, every single descendant of every single refugee is coming back. If we allow it, if we allow that, every, everybody will come back. I, I don't think that's a realistic expectation at all. I, I think it's, first off, it's an issue of principle and the issue of acknowledgement of human rights. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is, personally, I, I'm talking about my person. Um, I, I want that acknowledgement to happen for my dad, for my aunt, for my mom. Do I want to go and live there? I, um, I was born and raised here. I actually not. I haven't found my home yet in on on this in this whole world. I haven't found my own home, and I'm not saying Palestine is my home. I'm saying it was home of my father. And I think that needs to be acknowledged. And I I should have the, the right to at least visit, which I don't. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, look, I, I agree with you that you should have the right to, to visit. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, many, especially, sorry. No, many of the Palestinians in diaspora have, have built a life in diaspora. But a lot of them just want that right to be acknowledged. And, you know, compensation should occur as well compensation for what had happened before should should occur as well and again i don't think 
how many millions? Are, I don't know what is the latest count of Palestinians in diaspora right now. I, I wouldn't even think 50% would come back of that number. So right uh, now, from what I know, there's 5 million-ish. Yeah, I, don't, I, I wouldn't even think. There's the issue, actually, to be fair, there's the issue of the refugees in Gaza and there's the issue of the stateless. Those mm-hmm. two take precedence over anything else. So uh, sta- stateless would count as the West Bank or what counts as stateless? Or, or people in Lebanon and things like that. Palestinians in Lebanon, right. as an example. Those that, that do not have a, a proper passport and a citizenship. Those two, the stateless and the refugees in Gaza and the West Bank, take precedence um, over the refugees. As far as I'm concerned, and I'm speaking on my behalf, take precedence over those who have... Um, gain citizenship elsewhere and have built a life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the the issue of right of the right of return, once it is on the t- table of negotiations, a, a process should be built to talk about who who, who are we talking about when you know uh, when it's the right of return, and there should be, as I said, there should be a hierarchy of priorities. Um, possibly caps on numbers, uh, on annual numbers, maintaining a, a balance, and you know, an ethnic balance. Let, let, mm-hmm. Let's call it that way. Because I under, so I understand, and I have the luxury to understand this because I've lived in in a, you know, uh, in peace, living and being born and raised in Jordan. I lived in peace, and I have the luxury of wanting to know more. And so I, I read the history of, of Jewish people, I, as much of it, not, not, not the whole thing, but as much of it. And I understand, um, you know, there's a long history of persecution. I completely understand that. I completely understand that from that place came the need to create a safe space for, for the Jewish population uh, of the world. And I understand the existential fear that comes with that. However, we need to get to the point where that fear is not, I have the fear, as a Palestinian, I would say I would have the fear of being expelled if I go back, you know, if, if let's say I was granted the right to live in, in uh, Israel proper, let's say, mm-hmm. for the sake of the argument, I would have the fear of being expelled because of a Jewish majority. Mm-hmm. I would have the, the fear of, of being, um, my life being threatened threatened to be to be fair but i would have the feel of be, fear of being expelled probably um uh discriminated against to a certain extent so, so there can i ask, can I ask you um do, do you think i mean I, i've never had a conversation with an israeli uh arab yeah palestinian how, however they want to um, identify so, some choose um different categories but i've never had a conversation with an israeli arab about this specific uh topic do you feel, I mean, y- yes, there's discrimination. I'm not going to say otherwise 100% and this needs to be um, solved by Israel, um, by Israeli society 100%. But do you, th- do you have you had conversation with, with someone who is afraid of being expelled? Or is it, is it a th- like a threat that they fear? It's not necessarily expelled per se, but their lives being made impossible to the point where they feel it's better for them to leave. Mm-hmm. So not expulsion per se, not expulsion per se directly, but um, having a lot. That's that's enough, though. I I feel like because, you know, Jewish had the same things in a communist society. Right. You know, it's not even if you weren't properly expelled, your life was bad enough that you really didn't want to be there. So I understand. Yeah. It doesn't have to be proper expulsion, but. 
there there is an existential fear on both sides i and i get the one on on the uh jewish side i i totally empathize and i wish i wish this you, you didn't have to go through this at any point in history but you did um but i think at this point we're letting on both sides we're letting the fear control us but having said that on your side there's a power dynamic that supports you and disadvantages us as Palestinians and that's that's a big issue to, to deal with when we when we talk about reconciliation mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I mean I, I agree with that um, yeah I, I agree with that the fact that like that Israel has um, more power within um, the like the, the, the specific conflict. I don't know if they have more power within like the dynamic of the world, I don't think. No, 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 no. Um, no. But, but, but in, in this specific dynamic, if we're talking about, you know, the West Bank and, and Gaza, for sure, yeah. um, Israel is, uh, yeah, has, has more power um, at, at the moment. Even though, even though, listen, so here's the thing. We have the more power militarily, that's very true. Mm. But in terms of our existential crisis, our, our fear for our survival, mm. we do not feel like we have more power. I, I understand that. It's just uh, what I'm talking about is basically, yes, the military dynamic yeah. and all. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. And also geopolitical power as well, I would, I would add to that. You know, uh, when it comes to the political will, Israel has more support than, than the Palestinian Authority, uh, but there's a whole thing with the Palestinian Authority, and it's now we're we're seeing the symptoms of that happening in the West Bank right now. Um, But yeah, there there is a a power imbalance that needs to be acknowledged and needs to be discussed in order to overcome that existential fear at some point. Uh, It's it's easier said than done. Um, But one thing I wanted to address um, from the comments I've seen. Uh, and this is a comment I've I've dealt with a uh, hundred times when when I talk about the right of return, where people try to challenge me, asking, "What about the the Arab Jews who were expelled from Arab states when uh, upon the declaration of the establishment of the state of Israel?" And I say they have the right of return as well, they, if they want to return to the to to the Arab states where they, you know. Um, uh, grew up and uh, were, just, were, were part of the fabric, if they want that right, they should be granted that right. I'm not against that. If I fight for my right to return to uh, the homeland, you know, uh, for my parents, um, I, I would support that for other people for sure. Yeah. I also see a comment uh, said my name, calling me a hypocrite. So um, that's fine. Let's do it. Um uh, Grace is mentioning that Israel is a sovereign country while Palestine isn't. Um, how hypocritical. Oh, I don't know who did that. Was it me? Did I do that? Yeah, maybe. Grace maybe Adar did it. Um, uh, so, yeah, how hypocritical. Uh, it's not um, hostile, but blunt and lie. Jews faced racism in Europe, and ironically, they're practicing the same. So I don't. I don't see how... That yeah. was hypocritical since I, I I never said they shouldn't. Yeah, I said they don't. No, no, it's true. As of now, we don't have a, a true sovereign state. It's true, but but um, I think 
you know, when we, when we talk about a two-state solution, um, the issue of self-determination includes having our own military and having our own right to protect ourselves. But that has been denied through peace negotiations. So we were not able to build a sovereign state, partly for that reason, but we also have shortcomings on our side. So, so in that regard, I would say I, I, I wasn't I wasn't present in the peace negotiations. But if <laughs> if I can get into the the mind of of whatever happened there, yeah, um, it was that. Um, you know whether with or without a military an official military israel is under attack a lot and yeah. so and so i i mean obviously in in like in an ideal peaceful time yes like of course when a palestinian state recognizes the state of israel as a jewish state um they they should have they should have a military to defend themselves that's yeah, I mean that's yeah. the whole point of of having sovereignty. Yeah, um, I think if if there were like if those were the talks in peace negotiations, which I, I I don't know, I've never heard about that, but I believe you. Um, then it's probably maybe because what I know about all the peace negotiations and the reason that they failed, you know, like to the two thousand Kim David and and two thousand eight and all that stuff, is because um, because of the right of return essentially because it was. Um, there should be a Palestinian state and there should be a right of return to anyone who wants to come back. So you could, I understand, I understand what you're saying, but if, if you look at it from an Israeli point of view, what you hear is that we want our own state and Mm -hmm. we also want you not to have one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard. And I think, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, we have like two, uh, like I told you before, before we started, that we have two peoples living with the same set of facts, but interpreting them yeah. in different ways. And so we yeah. get very, very different narratives to mm-hmm. to kind of the same facts at the end of the day, because you have facts that, you know, say, you know, everyone can bring their own kind of uh, one-sided facts. But when you have so much on one side and so much on the other side, then I'm sure everything is true at the end of the day. Wow. So. So I think, um, yeah. So so it's it, it it looks like it looks like a um, a refusal to accept a Jewish state. In the end of the day, if you're saying we want our own state and also we want um, we want the right of return, yeah, like like flat, flat out, right? I'm not talking about. Um, and I told you before that, like I I do think maybe a confederation could work. Mm-hmm. So so if you have two states that are you know in good standing yeah, and, and we, we can help the Palestinians bring themselves to, to like, to, to be, you know, a proper, a, a proper state that, that is functioning um, in every way, in an economical way, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and, and then we can have it when, when we have two, two states that are balanced, then we mm-hmm. can have, you know, kind of a confederation EU type of. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I would, I would definitely support a confederation solution right now. Ideally, I would love to see a one-state solution, but realistically speaking, that's that's it, it's not going to happen just like this. If it will ever happen, it needs uh, a long time of education and uh, you know a strong system of institutions and um, a long time of peace and prosperity for those for for both people, so that. Yeah. 
you can get. And I think, sorry. Yeah. But um, one thing I wanted, like one of the comments, again, I, I face those comments a lot when I talk about the right of return. Love and Mercy was saying, hopefully one day Assyrian and Chaldean uh, Christians can return to Northern Iraq. Um, it's, I, I, sometimes those 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 um, comments are completely oblivious to the reality. They just they're just bad faith comments, honestly. Um, right now, it's an ongoing conflict. the The whole issue with Palestine and Israel is a is an ongoing conflict. It's not something that happened two thousand years ago where people can actually move past and 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 forget and and uh, you know have a rosy life it's still ongoing um and we have a connection whether whether people like to admit it or not myself as a as a, a refugee by birth i have a connection to what's happening to my people and that's tribal i admit i have a connection to what's happening to my people in palestine and so long as this is happening i i'm not going to keep quiet just as long just you know you would apply the same logic for Israelis, it, it, you know, if they feel, and, and that's happening uh, with anti-Semitism, you're not going to keep quiet with anti-Semitism. And I'm not making the analogy that what is happening is anti-Palestinian or racist or whatever. Um, but there is a, a level of oppression that we are facing as Palestinians. And we continue to face. And that doesn't help. It doesn't help us move on if you want us to move on. That's not going to happen. I, I completely missed what comment you were talking about. About it's um, the uh, hopefully one day Assyrian and, and Chaldean uh, Christians can return to northern Iraq. It's uh, right. you know I don't see how that has to do with what we're talking about, but okay. It's irrelevant. It's hopefully, let's hope. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I know nothing about this. So. I, I wouldn't say no to that. It's just the 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 context of both of of both of those two things is completely different. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of having a state and having the right to return, um, I see what you're saying in terms of uh, it being contradictory uh, because the idea is that when we have a state, we should return to that state. But the na nature of the conflict does not make that easy. Um, right. You know, again, the connection for me, as far as I'm concerned, what I want to see, what I want to visit is Yafa and Haifa. You know, those are those are the, the places I've heard stories about. Those are the places that my parents belong to. It's a tricky it's a tricky issue, but we need to get into the negotiation stable to talk yeah, about. It. I and agree. I don't know. Um, I think, um, you know. Netanyahu, bless his soul, um, did not did not do much, and if anything, hindered a lot. Yeah, um, I think he um, part of the reason that I I disliked him so much, and I don't really, you know, uh, the whole like you know, because he was standing trials for all kinds of things. I personally, I don't really care about that. I what I cared about was the division that he. Uh, instilled within Israeli society and the um, kind of capitalizing on fear that he did 
Yeah. So, I mean, you can very clearly see it before every, before every election. It was, you know, fear, uh, Iran, Hamas, uh, Arabs are going to vote. You know, he was very, um, he, yeah. he, he, he capitalized on fear massively. And I think, I think it, it's, yeah, it's bad. Like, you know, you, you could see, I, th- I feel like anyone looking at American politics could see Trump kind of playing by the BB uh, handbook of capitalizing on fear. Yeah. And no, it's, yeah, the, the fear is, is a big part of why we're trapped in where we're trapped right now. And on our side, uh, and we've, we've sort of talked about this before we started the, the, this uh, session, um, Palestinians are living in a state of survival. It's a survival mode. And in that state of, of survival, um, progress is not going to happen. And, you know, um, pragmatism is not going to happen. Um, nuance is not going to happen. As long as we're, we're stuck in that survival mode, we will not be able to actually um, ha- have a vision a, a proper future vision for what we want. And in reality, actually, nobody ever um, conducted a referendum for Palestinians and, you know, asked them, what, what do you guys, re- what, asked us, what, what do we want? Nobody really did that genuinely. A, a democratic uh, representative referendum, nobody did that. And I assure you on our side, there would be a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, resistance against that from our uh, leadership, which we chose not on the basis of political representation, but on the on the basis of of economic uh, survival. So, yeah. so it's one thing that needs to be dealt with is the fact that because of um, the current state of the West Bank, uh, the way it's the status quo, which which my my uh, analysis. Uh, I see the state of Israel wanting to keep the status quo is keeping us in survival mode and we will have the same reaction so long as this continues. Mm-hmm. Um, so this needs to be tackled as well. The status quo and, you know, uh, what needs to happen. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I agree with you that the status... Um if I can, if I can quote um, a very silly web show, the status is not quo, as they say. It's bad status quo. Yeah, it is. It is about status quo, and that needs to be acknowledged. And I think yeah. here's the thing: uh, the politicians on both sides are winning. It's the people oh, on both sides yeah. who are losing. So where do we go from here? Um, and I, I realize that the whole right of return um, sounds contentious on the Israeli side, and sounds. Sounds the the uh, alarm bells, let's say, but we need to talk about it. We need to talk so about. I it. agree yeah. with you, and I think part of the wait. Let's. I agree with you a hundred percent. I saw a super chat, so I don't yeah. know if I can. Maybe I. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Do you want to read that? Yeah, sure. Any criticisms of the PA and Hamas that need to be addressed prior to any positive action Israel, or is the ball entirely in Israel's court? Well, no, of course, on our side, we need uh, to do a lot. Thank you for the super chat, Matthew K. Yeah, yeah um, you, can see, you can see it right now. I mean, 
people in the West Bank are protesting the the, the uh, hegemony of, of the PA. So criticism needs to be uh, happening uh, of, of both Hamas and, and the PA, of course. Um, this is the nuance of the whole situation. Uh, and and nuance is really important in this in this conflict. Uh, what is happening right now is we're just basically going back and forth on who is to blame. Uh, however, you know there are there are mistakes that have been made on both sides. But I, I again I would like to refer to the power dynamic which favors the state of Israel at this point. Um, that needs to be also highlighted when we talk about who should be criticized. Both leaderships should be criticized, but there is a, I personally feel there's a different uh, level of responsibility uh, from the Israeli side because of the power dynamic. So I kind of forgot what I wanted to say before, but um, just in that, if we, if we, uh, Talk to what we talked about before about how much, which is in my my list of uh, questions of twenty questions, um, how of how how much Israel should meddle within um, the in inner society. We kind of t- talked about that before, but just in terms of because I feel like it is Israel's responsibility um, to a degree right now, but I feel like we we feel very helpless in certain ways because we want. We want to have a Palestinian uh, representative that works with us, and when I say we, I mean, I mean me as an Israeli. I, I don't represent my government. Um, I don't. I don't know what the you know. We have a new government now. I don't know what they want, but um, we want to have um, we want to have a Palestinian um, um, representative that we can work with and and you know and that represents the Palestinian people really because all I hear from Palestinians is that the PA doesn't don't represent doesn't represent them and um, that makes me really sad because I think on the Israeli point of view you know we want to talk to the PA because that's who represents the people you know obviously you know everyone's saying Hamas doesn't represent the people but but we, so we want to talk to the PA, but then I hear from Palestinians that the PA doesn't represent the people. And then we see what, what was going on just now in, um, in the West Bank and with, uh, you know, the, the whole protest and how they're being shut down. And that's, that's absolutely horrible. Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like I don't know what Israelis can do. And also there's, there's a thing about education because, you know, just came out the um, all kinds of reports from the um, UNRWA textbooks that are, um, you know, very, very, by, I would say, and I would call them anti-Semitic. Okay. Um, and I don't use this word lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that some people do. They like to say anti-Semitic about everything. I don't think everything is anti-Semitic. But, you know, if 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 um, a textbook is, is talking, like for kids is talking about killing, you know, Israeli soldiers, that's, like, that's, that's bad. And, and you know that's bad. She says very, uh, you know, very lightly. But I, you know, I feel like because obviously Israel doesn't have control over what's being taught um, in in Gaza and, and to the Palestinian people. Yeah. So, so we feel like on the one hand we want we want the we want Palestinians' voices that are you know that want wanting um, cooperation. And I'm not even going to say peace uh, for now because I know even peace is is a word that is like with a lot of baggage but but cooperation and talks and 
and and on the other hand, we we can't meddle. You know, we we can't say Palestinians, you need to learn this textbooks, or yeah. you need to have this leader. And um, yeah, I feel like we're kind of damned if we do and damned if you don't, and damned if we don't. So how can how can Israel or Israelis get to the point where they help Palestinians? Um, so in this specific situ- situation right now with the West Bank, I think it should be a hands-off uh, approach right now. Um, you know, um, it, it's really an internal issue and it ne- needs to be resolved internally. And um, any support, my my uh, expectations of, of support, and I, I, I use that lack of a better term because the word support is is uh, also uh, a landfill um every word is a landfill now <laughs> yeah uh it it's just um any interference let's call it that way any interference from israel right now will not be in the favor of palestinian people mm-hmm. not that's 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 been the case before and that's the expectation right now so at this point, hands off, and mm-hmm. the the PA the PA uh, legally speaking, it was supposed to be an interim body for five years, and then they would do an election, and then yeah. a proper leadership would be, would have been selected. The yeah. PA ran its mandate a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I really think this is something that the Palestinians in the West Bank need to be. Uh, need need to deal with on their own at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Any interference, any interference would not be in favor of of Palestinians, to be honest. Right. People. Yeah, and I think I mean I th- I do think the education thing. I don't know how this can be solved, but I think it needs. I, I think it has to be because you know looking at it as an Israeli, it scares the shit out of me. No, of course, of course. I mean, it's, not it's, even it's, not even on a personal scary level, on a person on 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 a on a just the way you know because because kids are precious and yeah. and all we want at the end of the day is, is for kids to have like child like proper childhoods and to be protection. raised in like a loving yeah protection and loving environment and then i see that and i'm like this is this hurts me as a human not even an israeli you know the kids are being taught that before we are capable of talking about education we need to talk about a vi- what is the vision? That's the thing. We're not even agreeing on the vision. Like on our side, we need to agree on a vision, make an offer maybe, um, and start to talk to Israelis. On the Israeli side, there's a, a huge resistance to go back. Not not even resistance. That there there is absolutely no incentive for Israelis to go back to the to the uh, negotiations table. And that's not also. You know, it's it's not it's not necessarily conducive. We need to be able to talk about reconciliation before we talk about you know what that entails. We need to have a vision, um, a very very specific vision, and work towards the towards it together. But I have a I have a question for you, um, and you know, I think we had a super chat. Can you write write that one down just sure. so we don't forget? Yeah, sure. There, there was, was a question. Yeah, I saw it. Superman, that's a great name. Um, Gaza now requires women to have a male with them. That is not okay. Oppresses LGBTQ too. Um, why should anyone want to give Gaza more autonomy? Okay. So thank you for the super chat. Um, 
look, as as a gay woman, as a, a lesbian woman, um, I, I, you know, yeah, that scares that scares me as well. I I think it's. I think I think it's a it's you know it's a whole different conversation to be honest uh, about you know w- the the status of women and LGBT people um, within certain societies. Um, I don't know enough about that except to say that it's sad and bad and should get solved. Is um, it? Do you have any? Yeah, well, I I did talk about the survival mode, <laughs> you know. People in Gaza are in survival mode. Do you think they're going to talk about uh, gender equality and, and LGBTQ rights right now? I mean, if their concern is actually, are, am I going to live the next day? Am I going to, to have food for the next day? Do you think they're going to be able to have the time or the energy to actually, you know, think about, which are, which are really important issues. I'm not saying they're not important. I'm just saying when we talk about, the Maslow um, pyramid of needs mm. in a survival mode. You're not going to care about those things. Once you're out of the survival mode into something that actually um, uh, is conducive to prosperity and progress and all of that, people can care for other things. Take the environment, for example. I'm not even going to talk about uh, gender, uh, gender equality and LGBTQ rights. The environment is another issue that we face in the Middle East. We can't care about it. We don't. We we can't afford to care about it at this point. So to to this is an oversimplification to to think that you know um, they just because they want to. Um, it's an oversimplification, and it treats Gazans as a monolith. They're not. Mon- they're not a monolith. There are. There's the mainstream. There's. There are many countercurrents. There are many progressives. Many liberals. Many. You know, Gazans have different. Um, ideas and different opinions and nobody talks about this we, we, we just tend to jump into an oversimplification and a reductionist uh, representation of reality you need to put you know we need to put ourselves in in the shoes of other people in order to understand what's happening that's that's what I can say so just to say about that because I I mean I, I completely agree with you um, in terms of of Gaza I think there is um, an issue, you know, it's it's hard to say and it's not like PC to say, but obviously there is an issue with like LGBT and women's rights within, you know, very religious communities. Yeah. And, you know, I say very religious because it's the Jewish religious community as well. Um, mm. As I said, I'm an Israeli, I grew up in Israel and, um, you know, every, every year in the um, Jerusalem um, Pride yeah. parade. I went to yeah. once, and we had some, you know, stink bombs being thrown at us from, um, from you know, high, like highly or religious Orthodox uh, Jews. That, yeah. So, so I understand. I understand where that, um, where the comment came from. But I completely agree with you that. So I think there are two two issues to deal with, um, with that regard. I think it's it's the the presence of. Um, religion being so prevalent within a community, yeah. And obviously, you know, you have Gaza, which is such a unique and, and horrible situation. And even with the with this, um, you know, uh, holding on to religious values. Personally, um, I see value to faith. I just think uh, religion um, might 
there runs an ideological risk of controlling people with ideology. Um, but I wouldn't go around and, and uh, diss the religions of other people at all. Um, I, I just think when it comes to being conservative versus liberal, it's been often the case where when people are well off economically, their um, inclination to be religious becomes less. Mm-hmm. Well, so again, that there's that issue. Uh, people of Ga- in Gaza are in survival mode, are disadvantaged. They they go the religion, you know, they, they attach to a faith. They attach themselves to religion because it it helps them somehow. You know, it helps them survive. Um, I have I have no problem with with you know I, I feel like I did have a lot of problem with religion for a very long time. I don't anymore. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I think when you when you start putting religion into uh policies, yeah. then there's an issue there. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, you know, Gaza, you, like, I feel like it would be like in the, the most extreme reaction possible, like the most extreme, uh, not reaction, example of it because of the situation that they are in right now. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, uh, you can't, again, this whole thing with all the, the, the gender rights and, and, you know, gender equality, sorry, in LGBTQ community rights are not upheld in, in the Palestinian community, whether in Gaza and the West Bank. Well, yeah, they're not, and that's a tragedy. Um, but we have to understand the context, and we have to understand what we need to do in order for us to get there. And what we what needs to be done is granting Palestinians human rights, civil rib- liberties, and a prosperous life—a life where they are not scared about can being I, alive the next day or not. Can I ask? I, I completely agree with that. Can I ask you though? So, in in Jordan, where you are. I live in Amman. And how in Amman? And how are um how would you say I mean I think you have women equality, right? In Jordan. Well, no, well it's a, <laughs> it's not the worst. I mean like if you <laughs> it's not the right. So here's so here's so here's the thing that we can, you know, that 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 touches the point because because I think that that's what I mean when I say that these issues are not just um uh a a Palestinian issue. Um, it's 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 another issue that is kind of on top of that. But the Palestinians can't like they can't worry. But you're saying they can't worry about this right now because they have other issues. But I'm yeah. saying I think when people talk about that, what they mean is it's not just in Palestinian society. It's in other places, you know, uh, in in Saudi Arabia and places like that. If you're gay, they shoot you. Like yeah, yeah. I mean so that's I think, yeah. that's the problem with having a low bar to compare yourself to. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically speaking, uh, living in Jordan for me at least, uh, it's not the worst. It's not great. It's it's not great. I um, I have my own issues, but I do realize that I live a life of privilege compared to other women in Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've studied abroad. I own my own business. I I have like, I make my own decisions. You know, my family is 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 very accepting of me as an individual with an ability to make those decisions, but this is not the case for every woman in Jordan. Yeah, I feel like I can say the same in Israel, right? Like, you know, yes, of course, Israel has like more, you know, more freedoms in that regard and, and, and equality for women, but you do see in um, in very religious societies that you still have certain things with women and LGBT 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, thing. So, yeah. Again, I would tie the whole thing with being religiously conservative. For me, I think to a certain extent, is it's a class issue. And if you solve the class issue, a lot of those things will be solved automatically. Um, when people are in economic prosperity, there's leeway to, and I'm not saying in all the cases, but I think in most of the yeah. cases, most of the cases it will happen. There, there would I be think, more to care. Yeah, I mean, perhaps I, I don't know. That's that's a good point. Uh, I would, I feel like I would need to like think about it more before I form an opinion on that one. Just because you know, I see you know, even in lower, I, I live in the UK again now, and in you know, even in lower class. Uh, and and the UK have like a very serious class problem, by the way. Yeah, and they don't like to admit it, but they do. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I feel like people it would still be more acceptable, but but yeah, it was a process. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the process has to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, Zohar is making a comment. He's saying at least Palestinians don't need a protection from their own army in Israel. I think he's referring to the situation in the PA and with, with the PA in, in the West Bank. Okay. But it, actually, in the West Bank, it's not even an army. It's just uh, a police force which is basically there to protect the PA, not the not the people. And and the people understand that. The people of Palestine understand that, and they're standing against it. By the yeah, way, and I feel like but, it's exactly what we were talking about too. Of like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, you know, I have to say this: the PA was so the PA is is the PA presence is. Um, uh, the sum of many factors. One such factor is uh, the lack of an alter- a better alternative in Palestine. Um, but the added nuance to that, again, is the survival mode that they live in because of um, um, the state of the, uh, the occupation that they live under, the si- state of the siege they live under in Gaza. And um, for, for the state of Israel, I'm talking about the state of Israel, um, not the people. They want to maintain the PA. They want to enable it because they think there's no other alternative and because they think it's the best for the state of Israel. They don't care about um, the Palestinian people necessarily. And I, again, I'm talking about the state, the state system itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to understand the situation of the PA in a more nuanced manner. It's there is an issue with it. There's a big issue with it, a huge corruption issue with it. But why is it still present? We need to address that with the uh, with with several factors that contribute to it. Yeah. I need to charge my laptop, so I'm really sorry. I'm gonna one okay. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I should have done that earlier. Um, I saw that someone asked me a question. Um, yeah. Mohammed. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, Grace, do you think that uh, refugee communities are at a place where, from which LGBT communities must flourish? If you say yes, can you please give an example of other people under pressure um, who were aware of this issue? I, I don't think I said that. I think I, think I, I completely... Um, agreed with Izzy when I say that I understand that it's not their highest priority right now. What I was talking about is more um, 
more of the general kind of you know um muslim slash arab i don't know how you i'm I'm not i don't know how to pc i don't know how to i don't know how to speak pc you know what i mean the middle east that is not israel um area and i think that's what what i was talking about um no i i understand why it's not um the the highest priority of people who are um you know being like having hamas as their leadership yeah it's it's sad it's really like it's tragic the fact that you have to um that you 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 do have um you know gazans gay you know gay men being shot at at the street by their own um it's horrible like a hundred percent i'm just saying i i i understand what is saying um with regards to you know the the hierarchy of needs and the fact that if you feel like you're in survival mode i think it's it's really easy for people who have not lived it and you know what i because i live in the uk and i just i came from a war zone and i came back to the uk and you know uk is like la di da you know like they don't have an exist an existential crisis of anything they have covid still but everyone does so and when i say to people yeah, like yeah you know um we had covid like we, we finished covid we had war i came back and they're like you know it's the people who and, and you know I, I will say you know I w- i've been very very lucky because i live I, I come from natania as i said and i stayed in natania and natania didn't get many rockets um yeah. it was mostly tel aviv and down so we we did have a few alarms on the first night and that was it but you know still yeah like the fact that i was like i was afraid to go visit my friends in tel aviv and all of that and obviously i grew up during the second intifada so i know what fear and terror is yeah. and and so people who don't live that can understand why do you, i mean do you think do you think when we were worried and you know that's very one sided okay i'm not going to go into that but when we were worried about if like a bus is going to explode when i go uh, when I go somewhere or like if I go to the mall like the mall is going to explode which happened several times in Atania do you think I had like the time to think mm, I don't know like should I hold my girlfriend's hand yeah it's it, like you can't yeah you know, at the end of the we, we got to the point where we were able to right B- because of whatever um military cir- circumstances that we end up doing that because we were worried about our own safety so that's what ended up happening but when I, I completely agree with you, like when when you have um, when you fear for your life, and you have and and people in Gaza, I believe fear for their lives every day. Yes, they do. you can't. That's not your highest priority. So, yeah. yeah, that's. I think that's what I said. I don't think I said otherwise. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you have any other questions you want to ask. Um, I think I do. Wait, sorry. Okay. I have a list. Yeah. Um, so we did that. Oh, can I ask you? It's more of a um, historical question. Yeah. But so when when refugees um, in forty eight mm. uh, when because uh, I know, you know, some some um, Palestinians got citizenships from mm. certain countries and some people don't. And I understand that in Jordan, some did and some didn't. 
So in Jordan, uh, people who came in 1948 did. People who came in 1967 did. But anyone, anyone in between and after didn't. And the reason for that, so 1948, it was King Abdullah I um, uh, who was ru ruling at that time. And he, for him, Palestinians and Jordanians are, uh, you know, uh, the same people. Um, and yeah, for him, he, they are his people. So, so he granted them the citizenship upon entry. In 1967, it was King Hussein who was raised by King Abdullah I and sort of had the same way of thinking um, in terms of granting the uh, uh, the citizenship to people coming in. After that, however, what happened, uh, basically, you know, the PLO uh, started and was established and, you know, Palestinians started forming their own uh, form of leadership. So mm. it, it, at that point, it, it became you know, an issue to actually grant Palestinians uh, citizenship when they are, they do have their own leadership with a national aspiration. Um, for for refugees in, in Lebanon and in Syria, they weren't granted the citizenship. And the idea is because both countries refused to, to create a, a homeland for those refugees because they didn't want them to give up on their right of return. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to Palestine. And uh, yeah, of course, it's the same logic that you guys have. You know, you have your own leadership and the national aspiration. You're, you're going to go back to your to your state once it's established. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I kind of wrote down. So it's it's like two questions, but it's maybe the same question. So if if there's a Palestinian state, will you move there and why? If there, <laughs> so um, it really depends. So right now in Jordan, I'm not really happy because there are many issues I have to deal with as a woman. I'm I'm not seeing the state of progress I'd like to see. I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a liberal person living in a largely conservative society. Um, uh, so I there is this desire in me to go somewhere liberal somewhere where my rights as a human being are, are you know, acknowledged and granted. Um, so in a situation where there's a state in Palestine that grants me those rights and my life would be exponentially better in, in Palestine in terms of freedoms and, and um, you know, potential and uh, being a... a, a a productive individual of the society, I would go back. Other than this, not not necessary. It really depends on the state of the state of the state. You know. Right. Do you think? Do you think there's? Do, do you see it like for, from looking at at Palestinian society now? And I know, of course, it's different because they're living in certain under certain certain conditions. But do you think um, it it would be possible to have a liberal um, Arab Palestinian state? I mean. The, the problem right now is that nobody's organizing. That's the I, my interaction with, with Palestinians have been largely has been largely pleasant and and very um, uh, very ho hopeful. So I do think that uh, the majority of the population is, is moderate, mm -hmm. um, but there needs to be an organized movement to actually um, demand a liberal humanist state. Um, 
and and that's the only barrier. But I think, also, sorry, no, no I, I, I like that idea. I think it would be. I think, and I think if if Israel sees that as well, I think it would give them hope. I think because, um, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Uh, the only thing is with the two-state solution. I mean, again, realistically speaking, it's impossible to have with proper borders, and you know, it, it will. It's just uh, realistically speaking, I don't see it happening. To be honest, how come? Uh, there are so we have the issue of the settlements in the West Bank. What what is going to happen with that? If we're going to have well, a if, state- they, if they stay as a minority in a Palestinian state. I mean, it shouldn't be a problem in theory. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't speak on, on behalf of Palestinians in the West Bank, to be honest. I really can't. I, I speak on my behalf as someone, uh, a refugee living in Jordan. Um, but it, there's also the question, would the people in the settlements uh, be okay with that? You know, living uh, under Palestinian roof. If they don't want to, they can come back. It's kind of the yeah. point, you know, it's it's on yeah. you if you want to stay. No, but the issue of the settlements is not just an issue of of the people that are in the settlements. Is It's the fact that, it, it, you know, those settlements by international law are, are illegal and they've, they've been built upon um, uh, appropriation of, Palest- of, of Palestinian land, right? So how do you solve that if you don't, if you don't... Um, um, Look, I I think personally there should be re- financial reparation all around. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like whether whether it's a, like settlement area or um or to, yeah yeah to Palestinians just just as you know, and I obviously I'm here. I live in London. I'm here with a European citizenship that I got from um, my deceased family in uh, in you know who who are. Uh, done done whatever was done to them in Europe yeah and um and I think just as I think that reparation is um is very like is is a must for the Jewish people who you know they they took like my family my my family had like a hotel and the da 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 in Romania and they you know and it's in the legal process a very legal slow legal process of returning the um, reparations for that. I completely yeah. agree that it should happen with the Palestinians as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, citizenship and right of return type of thing, I know that I feel like very, um, almost like a hypocrite saying that. Uh, and I'm sure like someone will pick up on that, the fact that I am, you know, in in a way I'm, um, I, I uh, enjoy the right of return right mm. now mm. in a way yeah. however i don't feel like they had to that's kind of my that's oh, okay. um, you know what i mean i feel like they did it um only in like the 2000s yeah. so when israel was already like very much established and uh you know it was there was a very little risk to their own demographic opening up the the gates to and they have like they do have i think it's like i was lucky because it was like third generation and that was it yeah um they don't go over that well some yeah. countries don't even do that but uh or yeah some countries in the U- in the eu don't even do that but the point is i don't feel like they had to do it i'm here yeah. because they they did it and i i take advantage of that because why not mm-hmm. uh, but 
I don't feel like they owed us um, a citizenship. Yeah. Um, but but hundred percent yes on reparations. Yeah. So and like the other thing with the two state solution is basically the the issue of the land. Uh, how much of the land are we are we getting? It's uh, basically we're talking about fifty uh, percent um, of the population of the whole land, right? Taking 22%, is it? 22% of, of the land. I don't know if, if that sounds fair. That's one thing. I don't know if it's logistically good either. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is the way it is, right? You have the West Bank, and then there's an area around the West Bank, which is for the Israelis. It's very confusing the way the land is. <laughs> you know, I agree. I'll be honest with you. Listen, I for, for years... Because I was so apolitical, and yeah. I, was, I was, and it's like people will think I'm so dumb, but it's okay. Um, for Sorry, years, huh? I thought, I thought that, like, I, I, I was convinced that the only reason that there's no two state solutions and the Palestinians aren't getting a state of their own already is because, uh, because you have Gaza yeah. on the other side, and it's too confusing. It is confusing. <laughs> it's confusing, but it's so not the reason. But, yeah, but no, I was no. like, I was so out of it. Oh. That's what I was wanted to talk before, yeah. before, before the yeah. right of return and the fact that no one talks about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. That yeah. that it's so it's not enough in in the public uh, discussion at all at all. Not so enough for, for better or worse. You know, yeah. you, you can be against it. You can be for it. You can be you know for it in like a confederation thing, like I was saying. You know, you have like citizenship of one state, and then you can be a resident of the other state. Yeah. Yeah. Some, but. But it's not talked about at all by Israelis. Yeah. yeah, it's like they don't take it seriously in any way, and it's like, how can you not? That's like, that's the issue that keeps like, you know, the the, the peace talk kept, yeah. right? I'm talking about like you know, pre pre Netanyahu days when people were actually talking about peace. Um, yeah. So for me, the, the, for me, the right of return is an important issue because of of my parents, right? And it's something I will not stop talking about personally. Um, but I think when it comes to talking about a solution, my contribution would be a focus on on the right of return. Everything else that relates to the land inside the Palestine that has to be taken by Palestinians inside the land. I don't get much to say about right, that. I see, because you don't, yeah. Fair yeah, yeah, not living there. Um, so... The right of return is talked a lot about within uh, Palestinians and diaspora, and as well uh, uh, refugees in Gaza and the West Bank as well, because they are also refugees. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so those- I mean, I, I know they, they count as refugees. I, I get yeah. that. Um, yeah. No. So, so, so that's what I mean. I think, and that's why I kind of wanted to have that talk with you about because I feel like Israelis don't talk about that enough, and the fact that I wasn't—I mean, again, I wasn't political at all—but like the fact that I've—it's not something I even like heard of as an yeah. as a thing in Palestinian yeah. society is weird. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm having. There's a comment from someone. Second eye opens gently. Um, he says, Izzy, you are not a refugee. You have Jordanian citizenship. Here's the thing. In terms of experiencing being a refugee, no, I'm not. I, I was born and raised in in uh, Jordan. Yeah. 
I did not ex experience uh, the Nakba or the Naksa. I did not experience all, either of those. But my father has, my aunt has, my mom has. And for me, having had my father pass away in his exile, for him it was an exile. I will keep demanding his right of return. I'm not talking even about mine. That's, that, that's what I want to say. I'm not a refugee in terms of the lived experience, whatever you want to call it. I have a citizenship, but I have a belonging to the land that my father thought of as home. And that you can't take away from me. Um, there's another question for you, Izzy, from Adi yeah. Arongi. I have a question for Izzy regarding the right of return. Would you agree that the right of return will only be to the West Bank from a two-state solution? Mm. Uh, that's, that's the tricky part. I, I think, again, you have to talk about the rights of refugees in the West Bank. Not everyone in the West Bank was born and raised in the West Bank, by the way. Not everyone uh, had his parents and grandparents and great-grandparents live in that, in, in that uh, area. So there are refugees uh, still living there, descendants of refugees still living there, and descendants of refugees in Gaza living there, and refugees living in Gaza as well. Um, for me, um, and I said it before, um, my, my desire is to at least visit Haifa and Yaffa, the places where my, both of my, my parents uh, grew up. Uh, the right of return for them is to Haifa and Yaffa, not to the West Bank. I think there's a, there's, um, I've been reading a bit about that, and there is an issue of um, legality about certain things. Like, I understand what you're saying, and I, I, I feel like there's a difference in like Western kind of um, perception of, of statehood rather yeah. than how people actually lived in 48 in the Middle East. So from what I understand, you know, it was very important because, you know, for me, you know, when people ask me where I'm from, I say Israel. I don't say Netanya. But for, um, you know, w when you're talking about that, you're talking about um, Haifa and, and Jaffa and, and it's like the specificity of it. So I think when people... It's it's kind of hard for for Western kind of mind to understand because, you know, in a way, if you think about it, you know, the West Bank is Palestine. So when when people say you have like the right of return should apply to Palestine, um, it should it should be applied there. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But when yeah. but what you're talking about is the more is a different way of looking at it because you weren't from Palestine, you were from Haifa and Jaffa. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think I think it's a very different way of looking at things. And you, if you're looking at the area, because people at the end of the day, before Israel was created, people were living in in areas. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, one thing about like this, the, the whole thing with this with statehood. Again, I really can't stress this enough. A referendum needs to be done to ask what, what Palestinians really want. And my, from my own um, uh, interaction with a lot of Palestinians in diaspora and in the West Bank and Jerusalem and in Gaza and in, in uh, Israel, um, 
the fight is actually not for statehood, it's for human rights. Mm-hmm. You ask Palestinians, do you want a state or do you want to be a, to have human rights and, and uh, civil liberties? They would go for the latter, most of them. Um, and this is why I, I think we really do need to do this referendum to actually understand what our vision is for a future. Um, Mohammed Hamdan is saying, Lizzie, you would always be a refugee. That's what you are. And that's what you you people would always say. Who you people? You people? Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> no, I don't understand. No, like I'm, I'm, I'm taking this in good faith right now. I, I don't understand who you people are. So if you care to elaborate, that would be great. Um, Adi is saying, of course, I completely agree that you should visit Haifa and Yafa, but the problem is demographic. Do you know the demographic concern of Israelis because of the right of return? We, we have already talked touched upon this um i understand the the existential fear that comes with the right of return but we have to get to the point where we understand that under the rule of law where human rights are upheld with a bill of rights and a constitution a progressive constitution that demographic threat should not exist and i'm talking ideally i know but we need to to at least try to get to that point of understanding each other as individuals instead of groups of people. And again, as I said, I understand the demographic threat that that you know Israelis um, perceive from the right of return. But why can't we, you know, talk about this further and uh, put in place guarantees that neither of our us will get um, uh, persecuted in that land. How about this for an offer? So, <laughs> if if I may, if I may, and yeah. like yes, look, I'm I'm a liberal as well, and I I completely I I agree with you. In an ideal world, um, Jews you would not need their own um, you know country to to protect them. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid, like we don't live in that world. Um, yeah. Maybe at some point we will, but I feel like Israel, in terms of of making Jewish people feel safe in the world, and you know, yeah. it, it kind of sounds counterproductive, like counterintuitive, as like, um, looking at how many anti-Semitic uh, incidents are rising every time Israel has an issue. But I feel like the existence of Israel did give did give. Um, a, a, a sense of security to a lot of Jewish people uh, around the world, and if, even if you know, even if they've never been, right? Even yeah. if um, they, they were born in diaspora and and they're perfectly happy with wherever they are, you know, like the American community um, in the U.S. or the Jewish community here, um, who, who, like they they feel, you know, they're British, but they're also Jewish, and I feel like, yeah. So I I do. As, as much as I would like, I love human rights. <laughs> I yeah. think it's so important. And I think that's why when you talk about um, having a referendum, human rights versus statehood, I understand what you're saying when people would say human rights, of course. Mm-hmm. But the question is not should Palestinians have human rights? Because that shouldn't, be a, that shouldn't yeah. be a question. The question is how we can make it happen yeah. um, and and still keep um you know still keep like the the jewish people um feeling safe because 
that's what at the end of the day, that's why Israel was created. Um, I, and, I yeah, I understand, so, and, and that's why. And I think no, but I think that's why. I don't know if that would be the, the correct question to ask because mm-hmm. because do you want human rights? That's not a question. Of course you want it, and of course you should have it. The question is is in what in how in in what capacity yeah. can we get that? Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. The how question is a very important one for sure. But I'm just saying, in like, if given the option, you know, you're asking Palestinians, yeah. which one do you prefer? Having no, a I, I, or or I understand have- what you're saying. I think I think what the question is also, um, what's more important, and it's going to be blunt. And I'm sorry if it's like it's going to sound offensive. But the question is, what's more important, human rights, and you know, living right now and in the future, or the right of return. And and I know it doesn't sound contradictory to you, but yeah. in the present moment where we are, it almost is because if you if you take the con- like the if you take the concept of the right of return and I know it's like it's very important to you so please I'm I'm sorry if it's like it it hurts you and I I know that it is and I'm sorry. But if you if you say even for even for a moment, right? forget the right of return just for a second mm. and you have a Palestinian state and you have human rights and everything and like you have it and it's and and you can I mean not even human rights you have like prosperity because mm. that's what because because we yeah. live in 2020 yes. and countries should have fucking prosperity and people should be able to go and do whatever the fuck they want and you yes. have that is that not important to fight for rather than fighting for um, what happened in the past. And it, it sounds really, like, I, I understand it sounds really like, like I'm, I'm um, disregarding your, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm just. No, 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 no not at all, it's fine. Um, I'm just thinking, here, here, here's the thing, as I said, uh, the whole right of return issue needs to be, what, if we get to the negotiation, negotiation, negotiations table and we talk about the right of return, the conversation needs to be done in a pragmatic, nuanced manner, whereby you don't just give the right of return to everyone. There's a there's a, prior, a list of priorities, as I said, yeah. and the priority includes the stateless and the refugees within the land, because both of them, both of those two groups, the right of return will also grant them human rights. You know, um, so because. I, I am- Yes, they don't have they don't have any form of citizenship. They're lost in the world. They have no rights whatsoever. Their right of mobility is, is taken away from them. Their right right to healthcare, their right to education, every everything like this is not granted to them. When they are granted the right of return to uh, you know a, a state that upholds human rights, which which is which one? Well, it depends on where they came from, right? right. Um, if, if, if they came just like myself, I connect to Yafa and Haifa. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wanted to return, I want to return to one of those. Mm-hmm. But if I, if my parents came from Tulkarem or, or, um, Hebron or Nablus or, you know, I want to go back there. It really depends. Are, are they, are they not able to right now? Sorry, it might be a stupid question. Uh, so for, I think the night at 1967, I think they have some form of a Palestinian ID. I'm not really <laughs> versed in that. I know okay. only. No, I'm just like I, I don't think 
I don't see how that makes sense. If if you're a Palestinian refugee living in in Lebanon, for example, why can't you move to Hebron right now? Is it because of Israel? Is it because of the PA? I don't know. So I think most of the Palestinians in Lebanon are actually 1948 uh, refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, not so, so they would they they wouldn't even want to move there. Probably, probably not. I mean, mm-hmm. that's again. It's really difficult to gauge the the response. Yeah. No, I get that. I'm not trying to like have you like be you know answer all the Palestinian questions from all the all no, the world. Just, so, yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, for a lot of people, the right of return grants them human rights, and. After that, as I said, with this, these priority groups, the stateless and, and the um, uh, refugees within the land, once they are addressed, we can talk about the right of return for, for um, Palestinians and diaspora, those who have citizenship. At that point, you know, you can cap the number and uh, also, um, you know, work more on reparations or compensation uh, at that point. But I think for a lot of people, the right of return is a human rights issue. I know it's one. Uh, for a lot of Palestinians, it's a human rights issue. Mm-hmm. It will be their gate into getting their human rights. So that's why it's difficult to separate. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think, yeah, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. disagree on that one, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that, that's okay. Okay. Um, we have to disagree at some point. It's a healthy true. conversation. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm um, just. Uh, people should have the right as human rights to return their country, whether they want to stay or come and visit or not visit. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, to... again, let me let me just say, I'm not yeah. talking about visiting. I think you no, should. No. I think absolutely, you should be able to visit wherever you want. We're talking about citizenship and residency. I'm not talking about tourist visa. Yeah, like I, I agree. Yeah. I understand why Israel is doing it right now yeah. because of security and all of like the situation that we're in. Ideally, yeah. obviously, like, and it's in Israel's best interest. We want tourism. Why wouldn't we want it? Like, yeah. 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 I so, mean, again, in an ideal situation, I like my my dream would be for us to live in, in, in one place together and like build it together. I, realistically speaking, it's tough, but we can at least try. At some point, <laughs> yeah. One, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, like after you know, after my own like analysis, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the confederation. If if we're talking about like any solution that is vi- viable, I think a confederation would make a lot of sense because then you have Israelis, you know, a Jewish state that is that Jews can feel safe in, um, yeah. and then but but also you you can have like residents from Palestine, like Palestinian residents coming to live there, and then whoever is. Jewish and feels like they want to live in, you know, Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, um, can go in and live there and be connected, like spiritually to to what it, the the Jewish culture there or whatever. Um, yeah. That sounded really like me. You know what I mean? I, I'm not yeah. trying to diss people who are wanting to live in the West Bank, um, but yeah. I think, yeah, I, th- I think at the end of the day, that would. Yeah. So like if, if you if you have a Palestinian passport and you come and you're a resident in Jaffa and, and Haifa and I think it would be amazing, honestly. Yeah, uh, no for sure. But, um but but to get I think to get to that point, 
yeah, I think a lot of people, like, we just need to, we kind of touched on it before with, like, yeah. my, my solution to the middle, to to, uh, to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is everyone needs to live in the goddamn present. Yeah. Um, I, I, both both Israelis yeah. and Palestinians just need to live in the present moment. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, the problem is, as I said to you, the, the conflict is ongoing and it, it doesn't leave space for either of us to live in the present. And, uh, it doesn't leave any space for pragmatism, which is very much needed in this specific situation. Um, but I, I think, I mean, conversations like this can help. Um, but there's a lot of polarization. Um, and listen, I, and I think I agree with, and I think I think Israel um, has not fully decided what it wants yet, which is also yeah. a problem. Like, do you want, like, do you want to annex the West Bank? Do you not want to, like? If you want to just do it and give everyone citizenship and stop it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But that's a different conversation. Hi, Adar. Sorry. <laughs> you came and went. That's, yeah, that's a whole different conversation that, that Israelis need to have amongst themselves, like make, making up your mind, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. The For other sure. thing I wanted to say, a, a few comments were made about, oh, but my father was born in India, but he can't, you know, um, um, he doesn't have the right of return um, or he's not returning. Uh, the issue is my my father's right of return was not acknowledged to begin with. You know, it's not whether he wants to return or not. That's orthogonal. That's that's besides the point. The issue is, do those refugees who were expelled from their homes in 1948 and 1967 have the right to return to their homeland or homes do they have that right ethically speaking i personally think yes they do and i'm talking about my father again the the situation the 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 issue with israel palestine is very unique in its context and that's why my status as a refugee is also very unique it's you can't see you can't say that the same applies to india or or, or Pakistan, or what, whatever. I think, the, I think the I think the question is why is it unique? Why, why is it? It's, uh, basically, it's still ongoing. <laughs> it hasn't mm. come to the to the situation where both people are living in prosperity and like are capable of of moving on. Um, it's an ongoing thing. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped for seventy years. In order for things to progress, you need to you know, stop this kind of situation from happening in order to have, to be able to to move past the past. Um, and with India and Pakistan, it's been, you know, India and Pakistan and Kaj maybe Kashmir is a different situation. But in most other situations, um, the conflict is not ongoing. Mm -hmm. And people have got, got to the point where you know, um, they can live in, pro in prosperity regardless of their right of return. We haven't gotten to that point. So that's, I, I think it's unique because it's ongoing. It's Hi. very, yeah. Hey. Hey. Hi. Um, excuse what's going on in the background. My uh, elephant uh, thing fell. Uh, we have any experts at uh, poster adhesives 
hit me up. I need help. Anyways, that, uh, that was amazing. I really enjoyed that. Um, respectful conversation through and through, despite your differences. Um, Help me really understand and see right of return from, from different perspectives. So I, I appreciate both of your input. Izzy, I know you said you have an hour and a half sharp. So, Izzy, thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you so time. much. Yeah, I really, really wanna, appreciate it. Any final words you want to leave our audience uh, with? Grace, you want to start? Um, I feel like I said everything I. I needed to say, yeah, let's all live in the present. Israelis, <laughs> Palestinians, everyone, just see what's going on right now. Don't look 2,000 years in the past. Don't look however many things are happening right now um, that both sides are doing that are very wrong, um, but also both sides feel like they are 100% right. So a middle ground has to be found at some point and it needs to be found in the present moment. Yeah. Um, I think it's more or less this, the, the same for me. I hope I was able to answer your questions and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed those, the, the, this conversation. I think we need to um, really move past the polarization on both sides and, and see what we can do together and, uh, somehow get rid of the fear on both sides. Um, it, it, I don't have an answer myself. Like people ask me, what is what is the way forward? Not that I'm, you know, the, the, the expert in this. I actually have no clue what is the way forward. It's uh, right now the status quo is not something that is allowing for a, a vision. So before we can talk about a vision for the future. I feel the status quo needs to be dealt with. Um, but I'm always happy to join conversations like these. I'm always happy to read the comments of the people, even if the comments are somewhat uh, not necessarily empathic, but we're getting there. Uh, we will get there at some point. But thank you so much for your time, Grace. I really enjoyed my conversation thank with you. You know, I look forward to keeping in contact with you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you, Adar. For thank you, Izzy. Thank on. you, Grace. This this was great. Um, I guess a few final words. Izzy needs to go, but we will do an after party on Discord. Perhaps Grace will join. But even if not, um, if you all want to continue the conversation, uh, join Discord. Left hand hand side it says lounge. Click lounge, and you'll be connected via voice and video if you choose. You don't need to speak, you don't need to show yourself, you could just listen, but it's always a, a continuation of these great conversations. And a thank you, thanks to the audience. Chat was by and large respectful today. Obviously there's always a few uh, troublemakers, but I, I feel like our community here really is uh, growing together. I, I see friendships building um, day after day, and that really is what we're here to do. It's, um, it's easy to hate people you don't know, but it's very hard to hate someone you're friends with. Yeah. So we're just here to build ties. And, you know, a little bit about how Grace uh, got, got on the show. Just I, I believe it was two weeks ago. Someone asked a question about representation of, of women on the show. And I explained that uh, it's true. We have uh, way, way more men on the show than women. And I explained that the primary reason for it is 
that a lot of the people we bring on the show are just people who reach out to us wanting to be on the show. And that's been overwhelming, overwhelmingly men. Um, Grace then reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love to come on the show. Uh, so there we go. Here she is. We're very much a community-run project. Um, everybody's welcome to come on and share. You don't need to be an activist or an academic. You just need to be a person who is interested in the reconciliation pro- process with your enemy, in quotations. Um, and that's what we're here to do. If you're new to this channel, like and subscribe. We're doing this every week. Tomorrow I will be doing a one-on-one chat slash debate with Bassam, a Palestinian friend of mine. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, 8 p.m. Jerusalem time. Hope to see you all there. Until next time, friends.